we all have heard horror stories of how a remodel nearly tore a couple apart, as well as how impactful our environment can be on our state of well-being. Remodels don't have to end in divorce, and we can reflect our true selves in our environment with the right approach. Welcome to Psychotecture. My name is Rachel Melvald, and I'm a psychotherapist and designer. Psychotecture was developed as a methodological approach to ease issues that come up in design challenges, as well as a philosophy on how our environment can reflect our highest selves. Each week, I will interview an expert in the field of design and psychology to shed light on design challenges. I will also have a special series called The Psychotech is In, where I can offer help to those in design intervention need. If you're enjoying this Psychotech is in, please subscribe to my podcast, as well as follow me on social media at Rachel Melvald. And if you are a client, couple, or designer architect having a design challenge, please feel free to email me at my website, psychotecture.com, or rachel at psychotecture.com. Welcome to the Psychotech is in. Okay. Welcome, Linda. We are so excited to have you on the Psychotech is in. We are always launching, but this is such an appropriate podcast interview to have because we are going to talk real estate and mid-century modern homes from a designer who has many different lives before even being a realtor that goes into the artistic expression of even what you work with now. So without further ado, welcome, Linda. And yeah, let's just jump right in it. Why don't we tell the guest who you are and what you do, and we'll go from there. Okay. So my name is Linda Kahn, and I sell real estate right now at Compass. And I specialize in architecture and design. I'll just give you a little bit of my background. I always loved modernist architecture since I was a child. My first adventures in design were probably just walking through the Museum of Modern Art and the Guggenheim in New York, along with just flipping through magazines like Life Magazine and Look Magazine and seeing the beautiful architecture, architectural photography that was um, on display in these magazines, mostly of mid-century houses. Maybe Julius Schulman had shot them or some of the other famous architects of that, photographers of that time. And, you know, I always dreamed of living in one of these houses. I remember other kids were playing house, but I was drawing floor plans of my dream house. <laughs> oh, I love that. Cause I was one of those children that were always playing house and then wanting, I was obsessed with doll houses and my Lego set because I just so badly wanted to be in one of these houses. So I so appreciate that you are already projecting and designing what you wanted to be in at that age so right so anyway that continued my interest in design and architecture I went to school for fine arts I majored in sculpture and I was going to school at Philadelphia College of Art which is now called the University of the Arts and 
I was living across the street from Louis Kahn. Not oh. relation to myself. <laughs> that is, yeah. The most renowned architect of the time in the 70s. That's right. The whole world, the most renowned architect. And I was living right there, waving to him every day on ah. my way to school, <laughs> not in chat. <laughs> and it was lovely. Oh, to skip around and be in right. front of that. Yeah. So that was pretty crazy. Then I continued my studies in Chicago, which is known for its amazing architecture, Louis Sullivan and Frank Lloyd Wright. And, you know, as a hobby, I would go on tour, architecture tours on weekends and look at the beautiful houses. So that was just, it was my interest and my hobby. It was a distraction from school, but I loved sculpture. I loved light. I loved design. Yeah. So it all fits. Then, um, you know, fast forward through New York and I was directing film and commercials and videos and had a band and living in downtown in Soho in a loft. Oh, you are just way cool. And uh, I love that. Okay, go on. And, you know, we were always like changing the loft around, building rooms, tearing down rooms and, you know, experimenting with design within, you know, those four walls. And I'd also work with that, with sets that I was working with. I worked with production designers and created sets and worked with screens and projection on screens and different kinds of, you know, design, not architecture, but three-dimensional design. Yeah. 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 And being, and being in that time, as you were even just studying, becoming your own artist, you moved to New York in the time, the, the era of in Soho, what, what era was that? The 80s. The 80s. So really in the heart of such Uh a powerful time in New York. Right. Yes. And, you know, I guess I was a video artist and then became a director in the beginning of MTV. Yeah. That was when I was growing up on MTV. I really thought that that was, that was, yeah. But to, to go to New York in the 80s, I remember just being so blown away. It was like an art school explosion, right? right. Yes. <laughs> and there was a community of artists and it was very vibrant and everybody shared and worked on each other's projects. And it was, it was a fantastic time to be in New York. And also for you York. becoming a director, working in the video art medium, Uh was was a really up-and-coming medium to be working in as a visual artist yes this is true and so having that go on with this background moving into more architecture right so then you know fast forward I became bi-coastal and just a note my identical twin sister and I have a company called Twin Art. 
Yes. Tell us more about that. Well, we do branding and identity and design. We're really an art and design brand. And we've been doing that since the 19, since like the late seventies. And, but, and our company, we, we work together. We work apart on different jobs. We both have Emmys and that's for design. Congratulations. Uh, That's a small award. (laughs) (laughs) And anyway, that carried us to being bi-coastal and, you know, directing in LA and New York and having the business in both places. And so then I decided that I really wanted to be in California and make that my home. And my sister ended up in being the bi-coastal one. I did it first, she did it second. So we just, you know, that was our life, okay? We were on planes all the time. Not our life now, but it was our life then. Truly bi-coastal and working in the art world, film, video, media, and now architecture, real estate, really being able to be on both coasts much must have been very invigorating or keeping you grounded on the one hand from you, you both of you being rooted in the city yeah. of New York. And here as, as we see Los Angeles as this expansive, you know, frontier of creativity. Yes. So, you know, in the nineties, it really, started to move the creativity to Los Angeles. You know, it's in both places now. It's more Brooklyn, right? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> then New York, because New York is the island of the rich, right? So, but then it was in New York and downtown. And then, you know, now it's really exploded in LA with all the galleries. That wasn't really when when i moved here in the early 90s there weren't as many galleries and such a vibrant art scene that's right now it's really hit its hit its stride with right. you know any artists are wanting to be in los angeles even maybe Especially more so downtown and just the whole food explosion too in la Yeah. And so your sister, you know, being twins and the two of you being able to be bi-coastal, be twins, there's so much binary here, you know, (laughs) and as a duo, right? And how, you know, this is even just informing your profession, moving more into architecture and, you know, more specifically, you know, you working in real estate, how do the two of you really bounce ideas off of each other? How did you both keep in that creative impulse? I imagine it's very synergistic. Yes, it's really like tag team. <laughs> we realized early on, we realized that it was not a good idea to be on set together co-directing because the talent would get really mixed up. (laughs) 
It's true. It's true. Cause you're identical. We, we became the center of attention. Oh yeah. Like two women directors that look the same directing them. (laughs) And so we realized that we had to stop doing that. So the live action directing, we would split it up. Like one of us would be director on set. Maybe one of us would be producing it. And, but the creative ideas in the beginning and the process, we were both always involved. And I really appreciate that both of you and you pivoting to real estate, you have kept your artistic connection in how you view, you know, our three-dimensional space or even how you work with design, you've seemed to moving into learning more about mid-century modern and how you always had a passion and a love for it kind of went full circle in that way, right? Well, when I, when I came out to California, you know, as a diversion and a hobby, I would go on the architecture tours all the time. I would go see the Neutras, the Schindlers, the case study houses, whenever there were, you know, tours from the historical society. Dwell used to give all these great tours all around town. That's right. Well, weekend and that was years ago. That was probably 20 years ago. And so I would, I would just do that. It's my hobby. And then I started looking for houses for myself to buy. And in the nineties, there were just like, there were so many opportunities, <laughs> it seems, which it's not the case now. Oh my God. What a different real and, estate time. Right. So, so in the nineties, um, it was like, there were so many, like the Neutras, the Schindlers, the Pierre Koenigs, the Craig Elwood. For sale? The, Hansons, For- the A. Quincy Jones, the Gregory Ains, and I would look at all of them. But they all had one thing in common. They needed extensive renovation. Ah. <laughs> really, mostly gut renovation. Okay. That's so the through line. Yeah, they weren't move in. Okay, or I couldn't afford anything, move in. I never saw one of the mid-centuries by a great architect that was ready to move in. And I just couldn't wrap myself around that because I was still directing and on set and I didn't have the time to put into that. So I started looking at contemporary architects that were already that in houses that were new and modern and green. Mm -hmm. And, and I became really interested in them. And I knew a lot of the architects and was involved in the conversation. And, you know, some of those were Koning Eisenberg and Mark Mack and Andrea Lenardin and Barbara Bester's work. I love and Lorcan O'Hurley when, Finally, I moved into a look in O'Hurley townhouse on uh, Willoughby. Oh. And that was great. I was very happy there. Fantastic. Yeah. So you really did, you know, 
move oh. into one of your architectural. Yes. Yes. I love that house. Yeah. And, you know, it had a bridge, it was white. It was really like a piece of art. It was really spectacular, very minimal. I love minimal art. I love, you know, a minimal environment. So when I lived there, I decided to get my real estate license only because my sister had um, moved back to New York. And so we weren't really working at the moment. My father was very sick and I was taking care of him. So I didn't feel like I was able to do jobs at that time and take on that responsibility mm -hmm. in entertainment. And the designers in my office had moved. One of them moved to New York. Another one moved to New Mexico. And it was just, I think I'll just take off for six months and, you know, study and get my real estate license. Never really considering working in real estate full time. Then I got the license. And then I started working as a creative director on, for another company because they had some films that they wanted me to work on. And that was fantastic. And I was in actually a Koning-Eisenberg building. My office was <laughs> in a Koning-Eisenberg building looking over the CBS logo. Oh my gosh, what juxtaposition always, huh? Right. <laughs> always across a CVS logo. CVS <laughs> logo, it was great. And I was, yeah, it was, you know, the black and white logo, which is one of my favorites. And it was at the farmer's market, that little like enclave of Koning Eisenberg offices. Oh, that's right. And yeah, so I was very happy there. And I didn't really consider the real estate, but I had gone with a new company at that time called The Agency. And I started selling real estate at the same time that I was creative directing. I was doing a shoot at a beautiful Neutra Lake House on one job. And then I was like selling a Lloyd Wright house at the agency. <laughs> so oh. like, you know, it was interesting. Yeah, it's such synergy just right. to be in both those worlds, yet still working in these architectural gems. One is informing the other from a sales perspective, but you were balancing being in the creative, you know, filming of, of that. And I would imagine that would only support working in real estate and really connecting yes, to these homes with your clients and yes, really being able to and tap my, into it. A lot of my clients are people that I worked with in the business. Okay. So like that's production okay. designers or producers or directors. Right. Yeah. Because it's such a LA almost rite of passage uh, if that's the right way to say it, to own a mid-century modern home in LA is, is really like this artistic expression of making it in your own art by landing in one of those homes, right? Right. right. Well, they have the same interests and they trusted me. Um, 
and I would find them houses or list their houses. So it really worked out. And that's how I dovetailed into the real estate. Yeah. And, and how would you, I would, I would think like you said, the through line of so many of the, so many of these architectural historical homes is that they're not ready to move in always. There's always, they've not been all up. Well, some of them have, but you, a lot of times it'll cost as much to restore the house as the house costs. Right. <laughs> so, so be aware <laughs> buyer beware so how do you work on that type of sale or what is is the typical it depends on who the client is yeah you have to like you know I've been lucky with my clients they they understand the process and they're usually creative people so it's not like they're not naive mm-hmm. and I talk them through the process and you know that's so they're they're typically you know, maybe clients that are going to understand moving into one of these homes that it's going to take well they could be you know I mean some of them are architects they have an understanding of this yeah and they have a love for it they have a passion for it take on a house that needs that kind of restoration unless you have a passion and an art for it or some right what it's going to take right and what are some careful considerations that you've seen that have been what might have been i don't know looking like a not big restoration that turned into more of a major restoration is it is it does it usually unfold like that where you and how does that work if one were going to purchase something can look very good to the eye or possibly it was restored 10 years ago and incorrectly like there was one house that i was in escrow on which was you know it was a great house and it was mid-century. It was in the hills in Sherman Oaks. And it had a beautiful pool. And it was just great. And it looked like it was in fantastic. It just looked fantastic. But then you bring in inspectors and their inspectors go through it. And then they bring to your attention whatever the problems may be. So this was a house I was looking for for myself. And it turned out there was some dry rot. Well, the dry rot went through the major beam in the house. Mm. So basically you had to take off the ceiling, the roof, and then you would have to put in all new windows. And while you would do, and it looked beautiful when you walked in. (laughs) But the bones of (laughs) it were... And, you know, you find these things out during inspection. And then when you just, you decide whether you're going to move forward on something like that. And there's always going to be more than you first see. Once you take down a wall, there's usually more that's going, going on. (laughs) 
<laughs> taken down the wall. And that's such a, as a psychotherapist in psychotecture, when we all, we bring down a wall, there is always more going on, isn't there? Right, exactly. <laughs> well, I think that also can help our listeners. What, what is like, are these houses plentiful? Are they hard to come by, especially well, right now? Now you, can, now you can find these houses that have already been restored. Okay. But they, they, they're in demand now. They weren't in demand when I started looking in the 90s. So now there's a premium on them as far okay. as price to yeah. have a piece of architecture, especially by a name architect. So they are in demand right now. Yeah. Okay, good to know. Premium. And for the name on the house, for the name of the architect on the house, that has increased its value. Yes. The panache, so right. to speak. <laughs> right, because now there are all these books and it's, there, were, there wasn't the interest now, because it's such a, not a fad, but there's so much more. Well, there's more of an interest in design in general. I was always interested, but I went to art school. Now it's much more yeah. of a, if you're an urban professional or if you're living in a city, you know who these well, architects no, are. I know that everybody knows, but they are in books and they're recognized which is a good point. How do we share with viewers how to get more involved in mid-century modern? Okay, well, that's very easy. So tickets just went on sale today. Good for, segue. <laughs> for Palm Springs Modernism. And so you can go on to their website and look through and there are all kinds of tours of houses in Palm Springs, but also they have lectures at the museum every day, it goes for two weeks. And it's February, I think 17th to the 27th. Yeah, that's a great way to really immerse yourself in some um, of the big architect names, especially in Palm Springs. And right. it's a great trip and it's a great. Yes, but there are other things that are going on there. Like Barbara Bester is doing a lecture on the Silvertop House. Oh, fantastic. And, yeah, which is a house that was by Neutra that's up on. Um... No, it wasn't Neutra. It was Lautner. Wait. <laughs> one of those one of those two yeah <laughs> I happen to really have a love of Neutra I really do I was reading a um New Yorker article on and I also gave a talk on trauma-informed design and how Neutra allegedly said he was like the healing designer right that he he would Design for health and well-being with I think the Lowell House was yeah. one of yeah. one of his, but so much of the elements of a Neutra are not so healing in that. Right, they're all straight lines. <laughs> yeah, you could feel very on edge, right? Yes, of that aesthetic. But yeah, 
Lautner is the total opposite. So Lautner is the dreamer. Ah. Like the James Bond houses built into a rock or, you know, glass with all these forms. But I don't think that that I wouldn't call, call healing either. Right. But I do appreciate (laughs) (laughs) for me. Yeah. They're hard. They're glass and hard. Yeah. They're hard. They're glass. You're kind of on the edge of, you know, going of the world while I like how you draw the opposite in Lautner in that it's very futuristic and dreamy and almost like dissociated. (laughs) You know, like it's kind of not dissociated in a bad way, but it's like an escape world. And it's like you said, more rounded to the um, organic. Yes. Yes. You know, but he uses materials like brick and hard materials, too. Um, Right. It still has a concrete coldness to it. Yeah. So so. Modernism Week coming up in February is a great immersion, not only to be exposed and learn more about the mid-century modern architects of Palm Springs, but there's some architects that are very, you know, on the, you know, they're, they're very hip architects like Barbara Buster that's, that are going to be speaking. So that's Ronnie Sassoon, I'm going to go to that. She's speaking about her three houses. One of them is a Marcel Breuer in Connecticut. Another is a Neutra in, in Los Angeles. And then another is her New York loft. And she has an extensive art collection. So she's going to be talking about that, which should be interesting. But those are the kinds of things that will be going on there. There are all kinds of lectures on all the mid-century architects. Those are just a couple. That and I actually think. going on the tours, being in the space, in the homes. Right. And so, yeah, that sounds like a fantastic, that that last lecture you were just talking right. about. I definitely want to get there. And so we just tell our viewers to go to modernismweek.com. And it's coming up in February. And I think and those- it went on sale today. And okay. Very fast. So there's and hotels of- now go fast too, especially right. in Palm Springs. So really right. start but, planning. Right. Charles Phoenix does a bus tour and it's like a double decker bus and he's, he's a hoot. Okay. <laughs> he has like a take on everything. And he gives a tour on this double decker bus of all the houses and stops and tells you about them. And that's great if you can get into that. Okay. Um, then there's another tour I think I want to go on of Little Tuscany. I really haven't explored that area. Ooh, me neither. There he is. My sister's house is in Twin Palms. That's <sighs> like the Chrysler houses. And she's um, so. So I've seen them on the walking tours of those houses. There are all kinds of parties in the evening at different houses. So it's like really fun and very educational. Yeah. And kind of going back in time, but again, being, you know, on the cusp of the future and 
I think that's a really great sneak preview and to give us some of your favorites, which I didn't know about. I think that's going to be really, really helpful for our, our viewers to start planning. And we are so grateful to have you as an expert, somebody to give us the inside view and also to really know this market here in Los Angeles. And we'll certainly be sharing your information in terms of how to get a hold of you. If, if I don't know if you're open to share that, sure. um, what, how would, how would folks contact you if they would like okay. to look at some so, real estate? Okay. So I sell real estate in both LA. I have something really fantastic coming up. And, but I can't talk about it. Ooh, that gives then, more of a cliffhanger to, to our a mid-century. And then it's Linda, L-Y-N-D-A dot K-A-H-N at compass.com. Okay. So you Great. can look me up there. Great. Well, thank you. We're, we're really privileged to get this um, information and we certainly want to know what this house is. So for all those that are interested, do inquire. And I look forward to speaking with you and experiencing Modernism Week in the new year. Yeah, I'm excited. Sounds fantastic. Thank you so much. And we look forward to it. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. This is Psychotecture by Rachel Malvald with coaching, consultation, and psychotherapy offered virtually and in home throughout the Los Angeles greater area and nationally. We work to ease design challenges to create transformative habitats. Thank you, and we look forward to the next episode and your questions. If you're enjoying this Psychotech is in, please subscribe to my podcast, as well as follow me on social media at Rachel Malvald. And if you are a client, couple, or designer architect having a design challenge, please feel free to email me at my website, psychotecture.com, or rachel at psychotecture.com.